Allie Reese has a special. Of fact, I'm going to be headed in just a few minutes to. Uh, I didn't even turn that on. There we go. Okay. Uh, to First Peter chapter three. So if you want to get your Bibles marked there, uh, we will. And it's just really kind of a continuation of Father's Day. We're going to be talking about fathers and mothers. Matter of fact, one part of the message, and I just got through reading, and as soon as Miss Joanne gets it checked in, our two latest additions to the church library is the Duck Commander biography by Willie Robertson, and Duck Commander Family is the name of it, and just a very good book, very Christian, really how Christ worked in their life, and then the... Phil Robertson biography is also included in there. Uh, it's a separate book, and it's called Happy, Happy, Happy. And uh, it's uh, his story is just really, and he's just spot on with how God worked in his life and got him from a, a drunken bar-owning rebel in Junction City, Louisiana, just down the road from us a little ways and running from the law, living in the Felsenthal swamps and and how God got a hold of him and changed his life. So it's pretty cool. So And it's about dads. It's about somebody who said, I need to stop running this way and start running this way. And uh, God got a hold of him. And so I enjoyed reading it. But speaking about dads, uh, we'll uh, got a quick video for you. Share that about dads. And then be ready to blast off on First Peter chapter 3. All right. Go ahead, Daniel. You have everything, right? Yeah, Dad, I got everything. I got the stove, the sleeping bag, the liners, the matches, and the cooler. Clean underwear? Yeah, when Jenny packed the girls' bags, I'm sure she packed the girls' clean underwear. I, I mean, for you. Yeah, it's there somewhere. Because if you forgot, you Dad, know, I, I didn't forget them. If not, you just flip them inside out. You'll be fine. Hey, now remember, the s'mores... You want to make sure you get the chocolate. I know, Dad. I need to melt the chocolate before I add the marshmallows. That way, it, it all melts smoothly. smoothly. Yeah. Taking both girls camping. I can't even imagine what that would be like. I mean, it was one thing taking you and your brothers, but girls. Wow, that's a whole different ball game. I can do it. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, son. Yeah. Listen to me. Have a great weekend. 
Make some good memories with those fine girls of yours. It's a privilege being a dad. You get to show them God's big old world, probably some stuff they've never seen this weekend. Just remind them who made it. Have fun with them. Laugh a lot. You were always such a serious little guy. Hey, I love you, boy. I love you, too. Who are you talking to? Nobody. Hey! Are you ready for this? I'm really ready! You're really gonna do this, aren't you? Why don't you just take her to the mall? Maybe ride a carousel, watch a movie? I got this, trust me. At least let me take this one. Are you kidding me? She looks like me and has your personality. She's the life of the party. Why would I do that? <laughs> you pack clean underwear? Why does everybody keep asking me about that? She's your dye panties. Um, it's called underwear. <laughs> Why don't you let me go with you? No, 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 no. I think your dad would be proud of you. Even though there are much easier ways to celebrate Father's Day. Maybe. But you know what? It's what we do. Me and my dad. It's, uh... It's our thing. Heavenly Father will do what His Word says to do also. And I hope and pray that every one of you, whether your dad is living or not living, that, uh, hey, we've got a Heavenly Father we've got to honor. And uh, He left us some pretty good instructions. Let's take a look at them. First Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Likewise... You wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. Now, just to start talking real quickly here, the uh, matter of fact, in that uh, book, uh, Happy, 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 Phil Robertson has one of his chapters named... Uh, the exact wording of it I may miss, but it says, Women are strange creatures. <laughs> and that's the name of it. And he said, Don't try to figure them out. Don't try to figure them out. No telling what's being said back there. Y'all behave. And, uh, but anyway, he says, Don't try to figure them out. And so the Bible, matter of fact, it goes on down. Verse 7 is what I titled, uh, women are strange creatures. Now, we'll get to that in just a second because it says uh, we need to dwell with them according to knowledge. But let's just deal with this verse 1. Hey, folks, did you know God's Word? This is a pretty neat section. We're just going to look at those uh, seven verses that we have. And that is, did you know God's Word tells us how to live, how to live if you're married to a lost person or a backslidden person? Think about that. 
or if you were to be married to, you know, if, if both of you are serving the Lord with all your heart, whew, it makes things a whole lot easier. But if, you know, and maybe you yourself have at one time been the spouse that was backslidden, wasn't quite doing what I ought to do. But folks, this is what it's talking about. So the wife, and, and we'll, we'll deal with this. It says, any that obey not the word. You see that there in verse 1? That if any obey not the word. So I'm married to somebody who's not living right. I'm married to somebody that's lost. So if I'm, I need to be, wait a second. You're telling me that if I'm married to just a, a husband and he is lost, he's pitiful, he's not doing right, he's backslidden or whatever the case may be, that I'm supposed to be in subjection to him? Well, it says that they, the lost or backslidden spouse, also may be without the word, be won by the conversation. You know what that means? It doesn't mean talk. If we had a different version Bible, the old old 1611 King James Bible, I love it, but it has some older words in it. That means manner of living, that they may be won by your manner of life, by your manner of living. And so, without the Word. Now, what this means is, now, I'm going to put my finger here, and we're going to, I'm not going to be too mean, wives, but I'm, I'm just going to say that uh, basically what Proverbs says and what Peter says, you'll win your husband over by living a godly example before, before him without nagging him. I mean, I've run into some wives before that uh, were good Christian ladies, and their husband was either didn't care about church, or they were lost, and they were backslidden. So when it says that they may be one without the Word, but by the, their conversation, manner of life says, live it, live a solid, godly example before them, but don't without... Can you win them without preaching and berating them and nagging constantly? Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 9, we've looked at these before. And uh, these are some dangerous scriptures. I hope I live through this sermon. And I uh, live through this sermon tonight. Proverbs 21, 9 said, It's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. And uh, that's dangerous, I know. Well, in this same chapter, if you go to verse 19, Proverbs 21, 19, it is better to dwell in the wilderness. (laughs) Uh, Why do you think probably so many men in Ashley County hunt and fish all the time? (laughs) That's this right here. Well, I just need, honey, I just need a little room here. Need a little space that says it right here. Oh boy, I'm giving the men ammunition. They're all grinning, either from experience or because I gave them ammunition. I don't know. And let's go to Proverbs 27, verse 15. Proverbs 27 and verse 15. Uh, says in Michael Reese version, a leaky faucet is in a contentious woman or alike. Okay. Now, what that means, let's go back to 1 Peter 3, 1. I've done it. Matter of fact, and I can, 
All I've got to say is uh, one one name, and Karen to remember the same. Good friend of mine, Coon Hunter, been on many, many, many coon hunts with a fellow named Buck Chapman. Buck Chapman. But his wife, oh, great Christian lady. Matter of fact, she went on a mission trip with us to Romania. But just preached to Buck all the time. This wasn't, you know... This is 24-7. <laughs> and basically like this. Let me tell you it like this. You know, say, well, you got to let somebody know you care. <laughs> but it's like this. You know, be kind of like the man saying, you know what? I want to go to church with my wife so I can hear run me down some more. And nag on me some more. And berate me some more. I want to, I, be, I can't wait to go to church so she can do that to me more. That's what Peter's saying here. In verse 1, he's saying, listen, you're, you're going to, they'll listen to you when they start seeing, man, this lady has changed. This lady has changed. She's living a different life. That they may be one, how does it say it? By the manner of life of the wives. Okay, verse 2, as a matter of fact, verse 2 goes with it. While they behold you're chaste. That just means humble, uh, pure uh, conversation coupled with fear. So that your life, your life is an example to them, a transformed life. Matter of fact, uh, you don't have to go there, but Romans chapter 12, it says that we to be, we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Okay, now it says all that, so basically this how would we say this in a, in a simple Ashley County way? Is uh, folks, hey, and I picked on the women because obviously the Bible gave us ammunition to do that. But listen, this could go both ways. I've seen men berate women and, men, and women berate. I've seen it both ways. I'm, you know, it, any, of you, any of you could think of examples for either way. Don't, and this works with people at work too. You browbeat people with a Bible, it's kind of like you get a whole lot more bees with sugar. You know, and that is just being nice and being sweet. Because sometimes we can, uh, hey listen, you need to stop cussing like that, you need to stop doing like this, you need to stop, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with telling, hey listen, I'd rather you not use my Lord's name in vain. Nothing wrong with telling people that. But if you're constantly chastising and condemning other people, they probably won't want to go to church with you. Now you can, you can forget it. <laughs> they probably won't come here. You know what I mean? That's what that's what this is talking about. Imagine doing that to somebody constantly at work, because most people most people uh, you know work just basically a forty hour week or what. And I know some people work more, some people work whatever. But you see, you imagine that you. Uh, I remember whenever I worked at the copper tube mill, and we worked seven days a week straight graveyard, just seven days a week all the time. And so, you know, if you're partnered up with a a nut, and I had, you know, we worked this machine. It takes two people to work this machine. Well, then it's just going to be a long night. <laughs> it's just going to be a long night because uh, you're stuck with them for eight hours running this machine, and you got a 30-minute lunch break. 
Well, what if this person just constantly is berating and saying, hey, listen, you know, but the thing is, according to this, what if they see your life, they see a transformed life, and next, verse 3 and 4, 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. Here, still talking about the women, he's dealing with the women, they need to see your inner beauty, okay? Who's adorning? Let it, <clears throat> let it not be that of the outward adorning of the plating of the hair and the wearing of gold and putting on apparel, but let it be of the hidden man. And that means the hidden person, since you're talking about women, of the heart. In that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, a great price. Wait a second, Brother Michael. You mean to tell me you're, you're saying that God's asking me to be meek and quiet? Wait a second, that's asking a little too much. I've, I've got to say something. I've got to do something. But what it is, is just being, being op- sometimes to take a back seat. Sometimes to be, um, sometimes to put somebody else ahead of, ahead of yourself. Basically, verse three and four is contrasting verse one and two. It's saying, don't do this, but do this. Don't, don't, uh, uh, Say, well, I've got to dress this way and I've got to attract him and that he'll want to go to church because I'm, I'm good looking, which by the way, we're fixing to go to church camp. And boy, those teenagers at church camp and those young people, boy, they'll, they'll, uh, get all ready and get everything because, you know, and it worked for me. <laughs> That's where I met Karen, met my future spouse there. And there's, matter of fact, they had a, um, reunion the other day of couples that admitted bog springs and it's been something like over three or four hundred couples have met and been married at bog springs and still together today it's pretty cool but anyway uh folks there's nothing wrong with uh of course putting on makeup there's nothing wrong with uh uh washing and putting on that axe while them guys they'll be in them dorms they'll be spraying that stuff look like a like a window fogger just <laughs> y'all smell good for the ladies it's worse than off inside there jason you've been in there you know how it is and uh but what are they doing they're trying to get dolled up and and by, by the time you hope the wind's blowing just right by the time they get to the tabernacle that they can have all that stuff but what are they doing trying to look pretty and smell all whatever and uh why so they can find the girl or guy of their dreams according to this right here you may initially according to verse three you may initially attract somebody with your perfume your good looks and your fancy haircut but what keeps a person is inner beauty and that's where you win them because i've i've met some Nice looking girls and guys, but when you got to know them, you're like, oh, back, <laughs> not so nice on the inside. And uh, so beauty is, as the saying goes, is only skin deep, skin deep. There is a redneck finish to that, but ugly goes all the way to the bone. Okay, but you know that's not what it's talking about here. All right, so that's verse 3 and 4. Now let's do verse 5 and 6 real quick. So he goes on to say, all right, now we've dealt with all this. Basically, he's picking on the women, and he's saying, okay, you need to do this, especially if you're married to a lost spouse. 
Hey, by the way, let me mention to you a lady named Sarah. Sarah. It says right here in verse 5, For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women, also who trusted in God, adorned themselves with good looks and a fancy new dress. No. Adorned themselves being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah... Uh, obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. You know, basically what that is, is that Sarah, Sarah was not a doormat to Abraham. Sarah was, and, and hey, listen, God is not asking any woman or wife to be a doormat to their husband. Well, I'll tell you what, I better, you better believe he's not. I can tell you right now, I'm reading between the lines, preacher, and God's not asking me to be a doormat. No, all he's asking you to do is say, I need to pray for my husband and do my very best to make him a success in the eyes of God. That's it. Can I support, pray for, even if your husband is lost, I'm going to pray for him like nobody's ever prayed for him before. Which, of course, you, you say, well, man, I, I fell in love with somebody who was lost. That has happened a gazillion times. People fall in love with somebody that's lost. It just, I mean, that's, that's, that's life. And it can it can be not to say that well I don't think God plans it but God can always take a bad situation and make it good I don't think God's ever in for uh, a lost person marrying a saved person because the Bible does speak of being unequally yoked with the world but God can work He can work it out He can work it out He's the master of that okay and then it says at the end of that verse six. That you do well and that you're not with any amazement. Folks, when you trust God, you will be amazed. Put him to the test. Well, now it's the husband's turn. And let's deal with husbands in verse 7. Likewise, so we've been picking. So wait a second. The women got basically six verses. The uh, guys get one tonight. Well, that's just the way it divided up. Likewise, you husbands. Dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. You know, just like uh, Phil Robertson said, women can be strange creatures. Basically, this is that God made them different. He did. He, he made them different. He wired them differently. He gave them different hormones in the man. He gave them different uh, uh, everything. They, they think different. They act different. You say, well, I can't figure them out because you're not one. <laughs> okay? You're not one. And then there's people out here in the world who you can't tell if they're a man or a woman. And those, those creatures are definitely uh, confusing because they're confused. But anyway, so guess what? That if, the, if we can't figure out the women, a lot of the women are looking at us, scratching their head, trying to figure us out. Okay? We're not, you know, have, I know I've preached this before and said this before, but I know women just still can't believe it. 
when uh, we're sitting there with our coffee cup or cold glass of iced tea, and we're staring off into the trees or into the stars, and she looks at you and she says, what are you thinking? And you say, nothing. We really mean that. <laughs> There's nothing going on up there. We're not thinking of a thing. Nothing. It's really true. We can actually do that. Now, women might not can. But it says here, hey, uh, do I, am I lying, guys? We can do that. Okay. But according to this verse right here, verse 7, God and women can't. I don't know. I'm not one. So I'm, I'm guessing that they can't do that. But it says right here, according to this verse right here, God made them different. God also wired them up. Yes, sir. God also wired them up as the weaker vessel, which tells me this: I'm supposed to be her protector. I'm supposed to be the provider. Guess who God holds responsible for the physical and spiritual well-being of the home? The women a lot of times rise to the occasion, but God holds the man accountable for the spiritual and physical leadership in the home. Now, it doesn't always happen. My mom, I mean, a lot of times, just like, you know, and she rose the occasion. Several years, she was a single parent. Man, if she was, she could do it, though. She was able to. Uh, she had the resolve and the determination, and she's a fine Christian lady. And, uh, and I thank the Lord for that. Matter of fact, the other day, and, uh, and this is the way I, I've looked at it, and I've shared this with y'all. I was finishing up some of my office work, and uh, my wife sent me a text. It says, she sent me a text that says, thanks so much. So I'm, she's over there, and I'm over here doing some stuff. Thanks so much for helping me. I know a lot of women who struggle by themselves. I don't take you for granted, and I'm thankful. We're a great team. Smiley face. I know what does she want? <laughs> Nothing. She loves me, and I love her. But it says, you know what it says in that verse right there? You know what it says? Does it say heirs by yourself? Nope. It says heirs together. Does it say that? Am I lying? I ain't lying. It says it in your Bible and my Bible. Did y'all know it's teamwork? It makes it a whole lot easier. There's a lot of couples, a lot of couples where one person will pull a lot bigger load. You know what I mean? There may be somebody that, hey, listen, we'd be lying if we didn't say it. There's some people married to immature people. Don't be punching nobody. You may be married to somebody that's not as grown up. You may be married to somebody that's lazy. You may be married to somebody that's uh, not as apt, not as strong, not as willing, not as whatever. But folks, it's supposed to be teamwork. And when you work together and you put God first, that's all it is, and you lift your spouse up in prayer... And you say, I want them to be a success. Folks, that's, that's saying, I will take the back seat to lift, lift my spouse up closer to God. 
I will take the back seat to, to say, I want my spouse to have a greater relationship with the Lord. I want my spouse to do, to do, to get the credit. Even though you might have done 90% of the work, if they get the credit, God smiles because you showed a Christ-like spirit and lifted somebody else up. You showed grace instead of condemnation. And then it says at the very end, wrapping this sermon up tonight, that my prayer life be not hindered. Let your prayers be not hindered. I tell you what. This church will fall. It'll, it won't make it to 151 if we don't, if we don't hit our knees. This church will fail miserably. We'll close our doors. We'll all go to the house, have to find somewhere else to worship if we don't stay on our knees. Prayer is the key to when you got saved. Prayer is the key to staying right with God. Prayer is the key to a strong marriage. Prayer is the key. Now, I didn't say, can you have a marriage without prayer? Oh, yeah, we sure can. Just not a, yeah, but not a, not a strong Christian one, can you? Not as strong as it ought to be. That your prayers hindered, hindered, hindered. I don't need my prayers hindered. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, whatever God may be laying on your heart, you say, Brother Michael, I just want to pray that you can pray, you, your, your marriage and your home may be okay tonight. Praise the Lord. If you've got a great spouse, praise the Lord for your great spouse. Hey, listen, there, there's a lot of homes in our church and in Ashley County and in Hamburg that struggle. There's a lot of marriages that struggle. There's a lot of fathers who aren't rising to the task. There's a lot of moms who aren't rising to the task. There's a lot of, hey, there's still a lot of people that need to be saved in Ashley County. And we need to lift them up in prayer. We need to lift them up in prayer and say, I, I, I need to pray. There's nothing wrong with touching heaven for somebody else.